Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mother Pucker Podcast. I am co-host number one, Riz, and I'm joined by... Hi, co-host number two. I'm Reese. And this is an emergency meeting of the Mother Pucker Podcast minds <laughs> because our oilers are... Our Oilers are doing some some strange things, friends, but we will get to that because I mean, there's a lot of Oilers news. Uh, today has been a busy Sunday, and uh, we've got lots to chat about as in the emergency meeting. Absolutely, we have too much to talk about. We decided we had to record a little bit early. We had to get get our get our thoughts going out since all of the memes and texts were going back and forth already. Twitter so. is blowing up, so we thought, yeah, it's time to get <laughs> time to talk now. Absolutely. All right. Well, Reese, why don't you start us off with just a little bit of a personal update? I know you've been so busy, ready for your new show to launch. Yeah, thank tomorrow's you. the day. Tomorrow is the big day. Tomorrow night. Um, so thank you for sharing. I love to share a little bit about my other work outside of hockey. And that is I am directing a theater show, a new show by an amazing Vancouver playwright named David Volpov. And he wrote, if you can believe it, a buddy comedy mystery so it's like a murder mystery but with like like a duo a buddy comedy and it's so funny and really inappropriate and really hilarious and and Vancouver audiences are going to love it and then I think I think it will have um a tour or I'm sure it will just like blow up in Canada because it's really great work and the show's called tragedy slander and wine and it is playing on Granville Island at a theater called the nest and it opens tomorrow night Monday and tickets can be found on plainstage.com. Um, but the company that is producing it is called Promethean Theater. And they are a local theater here in Vancouver that is making fantastic new work. And this piece is so friggin' funny. Um, warner, warning, there are a lot of naughty words in it. So it is <laughs> 16 plus, probably yeah. <laughs> don't bring the kids. Um, but if you are in Vancouver and you are listening to this or you are in the lower mainland area of Vancouver, so Tri-Cities as well, and you are interested and want a night out for some really fun theater that is not necessarily Christmas related because there's a lot of Christmas art and things happening. Mm. And that's wonderful. We all love it. But if you just like want a funny time for you and your partner, you and your girlfriends, um, there are still tickets available for some of our shows. Our preview, our preview shows have a couple tickets, um, but our opening night, I think, is almost sold out. And then the run runs for about uh, about a week. So there's a couple double show days coming up next weekend. Um, so yeah, grab tickets, come laugh. It is silly. It is, uh, it's a little bit naughty and I think you'll really enjoy it. So that's what I've been working on. I've been living in the theater and when I have ch a chance to uh, check in with Oilers hockey, I do. And thankfully this weekend I have had that chance or because there has been a lot going on. So now that that, uh, my little, my little promo is over, let's hop right into it. What, what do you say? No, it sounds good. I just wanted to say, uh, break a leg this week. I hope it, and I know you've been working your butt off on it. So I wish I was there to go see it and hopefully it does get a tour so that I can come see it. I would really love that. Yeah. Your yeah. tickets will have opening night tickets with your name on it. My friend. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. But back to the thing we love to talk or bitch or complain about the most. <gasps> All the above. Yes. Yes. So we're going to start kind of where we left off on the last podcast which was uh, talking about the dreaded trip to San Jose. Uh, the oil shark bowl, as I referred to it. Yes. I, is that how you lovingly called it? The oil yes. shark bowl? It was, like, um, it was like a hate watch for other NHL fans too. You know, even if those two teams were not your teams, mm -hmm. people were tuning in to hate watch that yeah. 
game. And to see who could possibly be worse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really what was going on. So we left off with another uh, butt kick by Vancouver. So the Oilers, and then it was a three day delay. And then on Thursday, the Oilers went into the shark tank. Sharks were fresh off a 10 uh, 2 loss, followed or a 10 1 loss and a 10 2 loss on back to back nights. And uh, there was, I think we left it, it was like, oh my God, if they don't beat the Sharks. I don't know what's going to happen. And guess yeah. what, ladies and gentlemen? They did not beat the Sharks. They did not <laughs> beat the worst team in the NHL. Make, mm-hmm. Officially making them the bottom dwellers of the NHL. Oh, how the mighty have fallen in the, the short six-month time span. And you know what? Even before that happened, we missed a very... Well, there was a very key thing that happened. We had $5 million moved off the books because Jack Campbell... Cleared waivers because who the hell would pick him up for that and much went, money in the end that situation Ooh. and went down to the Bakersfield Condors mm-hmm. where he immediately got in a game immediately and let in four goals on 20 shots. Yeah. Four in nothing. the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. So Jack Campbell it, is broken. He is a broken. His mind ladies and gentlemen yeah. has is broken. It's yeah, it it's is. in a it's in a blender. It's um, it's been disproportionately scattered, and there's all that is left is the pieces that he is holding on to. Um, and it really I actually it hurts. Him. I don't wish that on him. No. I don't wish that on anyone. No, that like cognitive dissonance or whatever is going on there in mm-hmm. his brain. I, I it hurts me. It pains me to see that for him, for anyone, because that is just. It's painful. It's painful it, to watch. It is. And I'm sure everybody in Bakersfield, although I think it looked, they showed a couple highlights and it looked like there was 15 people in the stands, but I'm sure it was painful for them to watch as well. Um, yeah. And uh, then the Oilers go into the shark tank and they got off to a really quick, again, multiple shots in the beginning. And once again, found themselves down. Uh, Being goalied again. immediately. Yep. Like immediately being goalied again and then not being able to put anything, anything in the net. And then again, it's like just defensive blunders, goaltending issues. Odd man rushes. Like, odd man rushes. <laughs> We're like a broken record at this point. <laughs> we are. It literally is. Yeah. No back checking. And like, except for like brief moments, like tiny mm-hmm. little glimpses of our, of our old team. But for the most part, like not a 60 minute game again and no possibility of putting anything like we just get we it's like we're meeting we're meeting freaking the greatest goalies of all time every time we play any team and they just seem to show up for us or or 40 shots on goal what i don't understand all um, i know is i'll take mckenzie blackwell on this team no problem if the sharks want to make a trade <laughs> absolutely let's do that let's do- <laughs> we would take their goalie <laughs> i know i yeah. know that he played amazing he played amazing mm-hmm. and it's like i don't yeah, again, we we are a broken record. We are officially on rewind and saying mm-hmm. the same thing every day. But it's like, what what next? What next? So obviously the sky fell. Everything is a disaster. We are now the bottom of the league. We cannot even play. We cannot be the team that just lost 10-1 or 10-2. Like terrible, terrible stats. We cannot beat them to save our lives. And so everyone wakes up going, okay, who? where does the axe fall? Mm-hmm. And I think... Um, there was a, a lip read clip of, uh, of, of, um, excuse me, I'm mind blanking because I'm looking up stats. In the Jay back Woodcroft. Home. Sorry. Jay, Jay Woodcroft, Woodcroft. Thank you very much. Where he, yeah. 
Yeah. Where he did say, I think that might be it. Um, yeah. and if you ask most of the Oilers fans, um, a lot of people were not calling for Woodcroft's head. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, actually a really quick an easy solution in most um, yeah. in most locker rooms when you're not getting what you want out of the team and you're not getting production and like things aren't working. It's like the first thing you should do is change up the coach. Like that's usually yeah, the generally. answer. Yeah. And I think like most Edmontonians, if I'm reading the comments on, on all of these posts is no one was calling for Woodcroft's head. And Nobody. that I found really interesting because it's, it's well, Obviously, what you and I, I think agreed on multiple times here is what we wanted was some major roster moves, which seemed like almost impossible. Like Ken Holland yeah. is completely handcuffed by this cap, by by whatever it is we've got. Well, at least we got five million dollars uh, in the AHL now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in terms of that, and there's no way that we can make a trade with for Campbell without retaining probably All like 90 percent of his yeah. salary we can ping someone else to take tried. him off our hands <laughs> like actually yes unfortunately <laughs> um and uh yeah that's that sharks the body language of watching everybody on the bench and and watching a power play that went oh for oh i gotta start writing these stats down over four I, over five. It, it was at least over four yeah mm-hmm. um just like what is happening and and Watching the the power play last year, everybody knew what we were doing. It was it was it was the same power play every single time. Yeah, and the thing was, we could not be stopped. But Drysaddle is as dry as I've ever seen. A shadow of his former self. He cannot hit the net to save his life. Nope. Um, he keeps getting the slot, like the pass in his like go to kind of side of the spot. net, perfect yeah. spot. He mm-hmm. cannot shoot the puck. Um, McDavid, like he's. We're used to him trying to level up and put the team on his back and make things got to be injured or like, in a. I don't, the two of them are, maybe they're so symbiotic at this point that if one of them is something, they both off. like, I don't, Yeah, they are both so off and, yeah. and the scrum after dry settle, like just admitting he has no idea what's wrong with him mm-hmm. was like, I thought he was going to cry. And and I understand if he if he did. That's, you know, yeah. grown men cry. We're we're totally comfortable with that here. Um but like yeah, the the two of them are they are a shadow. They are a shadow of their former self and I don't know why. And another thing that we have a big problem here with is the lack of kind of camaraderie on the team. Like this team is kind of notorious for known being good buddies with each other. Whereas I like to draw the comparison to a team like the Calgary Flames, where it just seems like none of them are friends. None of them ever hang out. None of them ever want to be around each other outside of like when they're on the ice. Um, And like, and you could say the same thing about maybe like the Toronto Maple Leafs where they're super clicky, where like some people hang out together, maybe maybe others. And that's just Canadian media media and how they pick it up and how we portray these players. So I don't yeah. really know, but social media does tell a lot of stories. Right. And with the Oilers, we know a lot of them hang out together. Like a lot of them spend the summers, like even if they're not together all the time, they go and visit each other. They're um, vacationing they have, together. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, they they spend a lot of time kind of in and around and, and being in each other's lives and that you do get the feeling that they are very good friends. Um, and then 
usually that kind of translates to people being open and honest in the ice. And that's why when things just aren't driving, like you can't on one person to call each other out and what's going on and you stick up for each other. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that the Oilers have not done. Connor McDavid was getting face washed. He's been getting things and he's the one who's having to be the aggressor. And like, he's been taking some seriously bad penalties and retaliation stuff where he's like yep. slashing and yep, definitely and, angry. <laughs> yeah. And like out of frustration and no one can blame him, but like where are the rest of the players who are supposed to step up like nurse? We need nurse to be a, a tough guy. He needs to be yep. a defender. We need a big guy like Darren. I know these guys don't necessarily want to be rough and tough, like Revo guys yep. by any means. And I would never define them at that, but McDavid should never be the one taking one for the team. And 100%. he should never be the one who uh, has to defend himself in any yep. other way. Like if I don't care who you are on that ice, if McDavid gets, like slashed or or kind of hit inappropriately mm-hmm. you should be jumping that person every single Absolutely. guy on that every time every time every time and, and especially if we are all to believe that he is injured which mm-hmm. it feels like there is he was rushed back too soon and we had said that we were like no we way is he gonna play in that heritage classic game or no um, way should he play yes. yeah no nor should he play so yeah. if you know your your star player is playing at 75% or 60%. Like, first of all, if they're at 100, you stand up for them. Yes. But Obviously. if they are not at 100 and they are out there, you know, attempting to be there to try and see what can be created because you're in the slumps, then you are absolutely setting up for every member of your team. That would go for anyone, I think, at that point. Like, if you are mm-hmm. as close as you claim and you are all struggling together, Mm-hmm. If, if, if you harm one, you harm them all, you know, like it's gotta be that, like, we are a team first mentality and all arms go up, all elbows are locked and we are together. And it, like, it took, I think in San Jose, like multiple times for someone to finally jump in. I think it was McLeod eventually jumped in for yeah. Connor, but yeah. it was like, I was like, is anyone, is anyone going in there? Anyone dry RNH Kaner, anybody, someone go. So yeah, that is, that's not a good look. It's not. It's not a good look. And you could tell body language, just like, I think they're all as shocked or confused as That's what, what it seems. That's a good way of putting it. Like, it just seems like everyone's confused. They're like, why do we suck? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, we're doing everything that we we're supposed to be doing and we suck. And so San Jose ends. And mm-hmm. I guess we can kind of move on because what shocked me was they go and play then on Saturday. Yeah. Uh against Seattle, a team who also has been struggling and has a lot of huge injuries right now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, to be honest, I had, I don't know about you, but I had zero hopes. I just assumed they were going to lose. You know what? Actually, to be honest, it was the first time I was like, I wonder if they're going to win this because otherwise the team's going to be blown up and their bodies are going to be gone. And I also had, I was watching, I think, pre-game and they had said that they had had their first real good practice so first of all that kind of pisses me off I'm not gonna lie I'm a little angry to hear that was their first real good practice that they shared they all shared that whoever was I think it was Kane and I maybe it was Derek Ryan I can't remember who, everyone who spoke but they're like oh that was our first real good practice everything clicked and you were like so what were you doing up until this point in practice since August since y'all reported yeah, since early August. yeah, yeah since like, y'all reported for a month yeah. like a month in advance yeah. what was happening that that was your first real good hmm. but anyway I was like okay maybe maybe just maybe something in their brains all came together as a group and they all like one one mind to be like we suck we're miserable we have to do something now and that is get into the get in front of the net 
get dirty goals, stop with these pretty passes that are being picked off, do your fucking jobs, do them right. And like, like greasy yes, old school hockey. Yes, for sakes. And so Say I it, actually, <laughs> I actually did have a little hope. Like surprisingly, <laughs> I like felt good about it. Also because earlier in the day, I'm not a Vancouver fan in any shape or capacity, but I, you know, I caveat that my, my partner does work for the BC Lions and I have become a huge BC Lions fan and they unfortunately lost the Winnipeg uh, Blue Bombers to go to the yes. Grey Cup. And so I was already in a bad mood that I was like, if my Oilers don't fucking win tonight like I'm going to go catatonic nuclear at some capacity so I think I had this like strange weird hope and then they did what they have been doing which is come out and in the first period play fan fucking tastic which yeah was uh, that's not off brand though like they always come off so hard the difference here was pucks got in the back of the net and I don't know what was the the difference but like you just said Crashing the net, playing hard, getting some greasy ones. Yes. And Sir uh, Zachary Hyman um, with a hat trick in a the first A natural hat trick in the first period. Only the second Oiler to ever do that in Oilers history, him and Wayner. Mm-hmm. And and just great company greasy. To be great company. Thank you, Zach mm-hmm. Hyman, for putting the freaking team on your back. Um, and just greasy goals. They do not have to be pretty. They do not have to be highlight reels, especially if your highlight reel goal scorer is not well or is mm-hmm. not playing to his capacity. And then the second highlight reel goal scorer is also missing in action. Uh, you need the rest of the team who are making money to freaking put a puck in the net. I don't care how. I don't care if it gets called back. It's going <laughs> to give your team some freaking momentum. To yeah. be like, okay, we did it once. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do mm-hmm. it again. It's just like, so thankfully we have this win. Now I can't say that the rest, you know, rest of the game was a very low event game on both sides. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that crazy first period. And then it was just like, and then quiet. I think Stuart Skinner made a few great saves. A couple. A couple. Yeah. He didn't see much. Unfortunately, he didn't see much, unfortunately, to see what that would have looked like. I think he probably would have wanted more, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a few players who have been playing lazily or maybe just like making some sloppy decisions played all right. We had Holloway with his first goal as well as a fight, which I appreciate that there was some, you know, I'm sure after I think he said he was just tired of being in the box all night. Um, but I think, <laughs> but good for him for like standing up for himself. Yeah. Um, you know, Vince Dunn's a big dude and cross-checked him a bunch of times and and good for Holloway for saying like, no, let's just drop the gloves and do this the right way. Yeah. Um, you know, so like a little bit of energy, a little bit of emotion from players that maybe not are the most, you know, Hollywood's probably not the first person you think to drop the gloves, but great. <laughs> good for him. But you don't so, see him on the stat sheet at all recently. So then have him like, you know, a couple of pims, a goal, like, yeah, let's make a statement. Be part let's of make it. A statement. Be part of it. Get involved. Get involved. That's all I'm asking for this entire team. Get involved and mm-hmm. do so every night. Like it feels like it's one player one night mm-hmm. and then the rest of the team's like, oh, they did it. <laughs> Maybe I could just no. like every night I want new players involved, getting in people's faces, getting in the net, crashing the net greasy goals just throwing everything they can on that because like these 40 40 shot 40 shot games with nothing going in i like i don't know i don't know how you break that how many games have they had 40 shots plus though i think almost all of them quite a few close to all of them Uh, other than maybe nashville the second time around um against philly like maybe the first couple games but like in the last little bit even against san jose i think they had more than 40 shots um 
what they did actually, I think it was like 42. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. It's just like, eventually they're going to start going and like, yes, we're playing against a lot of goaltenders that are maybe much better than ours. So maybe they go in and practice and they can't understand why they don't go in and during the game. But, um, that's where just kind of the greasy ones come from. And that is yeah. where the confidence comes from and just keep going hard to the net and watching the bench, the body language was so different. Um, Again, they played unbelievable in the first period, and then the game kind of just ended there because nothing yeah. really happened after that. Not, so they didn't they, record a single shot on net in the third, which <laughs> is not a good stat. Friends. Again, like you're not you it like once again, like you have to play 60 minutes. You you can't yes. like and against any team that's any good, you have to play 60 minutes. Um and they have yet to do that in a game. I don't even think they've played more than like 20 minutes to start a game yet. Maybe no. Seattle was the first time. Oh, no. We'll give them one period against Nashville the first time when they won big as yeah. well. But, um, yeah, no, they have yet to 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 be consistent and play. And, it, and so let me ask you this. So the game ends yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they're still they you know they're finishing this road trip. There was talk that if if Woodcroft was going to be gone, uh, he you know, like it probably wouldn't happen. And then, oh, they won big like yesterday. So maybe it's not going to happen again. Once again, no one in Edmonton seems to want him gone. Nobody. And then today the news blows up. I'll get in nope. like immediate Twitter notifications uh, before I even got my TSN notification. And then I was like, yep. And Jay Woodcroft has been relieved of his duties. Yes. Hmm. Now. I, uh, <laughs> do you think this is like I don't even know where to start but maybe from a position of first of all do you think that this is going to be the answer okay I have two points I think I think it will be a short-term answer because I f- I feel like whenever there's a coach change the team sort of like has a bit of a bump it just happens you're there's something right. I think you, know, there's you just could probably something... go back and record and see how like the first 10 games after you have a coaching change no matter what happens is probably quite successful it's a successful time because there's just like this like an energy revival there is like a us against the world revival but like I don't think that is a long-term solution because here we are so, since 2011 Alberta has had seven premiers and the Oilers have had nine coaches <laughs> No, seven premiers is a lot of premiers for like 13 year time frame. Nine coaches is ridiculous. Way more. That's like, that's like a 1.25 a year average you're changing your coach. Yeah, that's insanity. That's, that's insanity. wacky. And so it just goes to show that we have a culture of like the problem is coaching when, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, well, let's also go back. So the assistant coach was also let go of. I'm sorry, I don't know his name. Uh, Dave Manson. Dave Manson, thank you. Yes. But um, a lot of people were calling for Dustin Schwartz's head. Yes. And he still has a job. And Dustin Teflon Schwartz. Teflon Schwartz, as we're calling him in our house, tell Teflon yeah. Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, so he has and, been here for all nine coach changes. He has been there the whole time. He is the goaltender coach. Um, mm-hmm. I have nothing bad to say about him because I almost did my practicum with him when I was okay. in university. He's a nice guy. He's a nice human I'm being. I'm sure he's a wonderful human he's being. He's probably <laughs> the best. But like also, like, why do you still have a job why if goaltending has job? constantly been one yeah. of our biggest complaints about this team? The blue line and the and and the 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 goaltending has always been one of the biggest challenges yeah. that this team has faced. Um, and again, we're going back to Holland. I like, no matter what the outcome is for this year, there's no way Holland has a, a job at the end of this year. No, I, he doesn't. I, I this do is understand a, yeah. that 
this this it's very hard to start a GM in the middle of a season because there's like nope. you're kind of handcuffed. It's you're right. Like that's kind of where my mind was going. Was like, well, Mine what too. has to happen? I was like, Holland's got to go. But then I kind of had another conversation about it. It's like, well, you can't like GM in the middle of the year. It's like me and sales being in the middle of a sales cycle. Like you're never going to catch up. You you might as well just fast forward to the next year because and start working on the year after because you never can kind of just jump in halfway through and get going, especially when you when when there was no there is no cap space like the Oilers had. Sorry, they do have cap space. They have twenty thousand dollars <laughs> before they sent Cam Campbell out. Like they less 20, than their equipment budget. Uh, exactly. They had twenty thousand dollars <laughs> in their in their cap space. Um. Also, this is another thing we might have to touch on after. Um, cause I didn't realize that Toronto Maple Leafs are playing like, <laughs> excuse me, like $7 million over their cap right now. What? Yeah. We have to talk about this after. Oh we yeah, we do. <laughs> Sorry. Now I'm choking on popcorn. <laughs> You're like, excuse me. Um, yeah, okay. but okay. So, oh. Uh, the problem I see, it was, it's a front office problem. It's a personnel problem. And then there's not a lot we can do now. They're going to have, I think we're going to have to buy out Campbell. I do, do you think we're gonna have to buy out Campbell? Because there's yeah, no way so. you're gonna be able to trade him to anybody. Nobody's no. gonna take him, especially no. after now what he's doing at Bakersfield. No, two losses, <laughs> both both shutouts, I think, for the yeah. other team. And like he let in four more goals on both games. <laughs> Did he let in four in the second game too? I, I believe so, yeah. Yesterday. I oh think so. God. Yeah, I think it was also four nothing or five nothing. It was a tough time. It's a tough um, time to be a Bakersfield goal. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. Well, and, the and the Oilers pull up Picard and I would love to see him in net. I was shocked actually after Stewie lost the game on Thursday. Yes. Why didn't we put put Picard in net for, for Saturday? I mean, I'm happy yeah. that Stuart Skinner got the win. Don't get me wrong, but like, yeah. wouldn't have that been the perfect opportunity to put in a new goaltender? Like give yeah. somebody else a try, especially if they're lighting it up in the A? I know. I, I don't, I don't, the choices are very confusing to me. Uh, Lavoie is playing like three minutes. It's like, wh why are we bringing him up? Like, I get it. We ha we may have injuries that were undisclosed. Things are like in a weird space right now. But like, mm -hmm. they're not even playing him. So well, yeah. he's just sitting on the bench. He's just warming the bench <laughs> at this point. So some of these decisions I'm like very confused about. Very I'm thrilled Stewart got the win. And I'm glad that he made some saves as well. Like confidence, obviously, that's who like it clearly is that's the where they're putting their money or where they're putting their like energy and effort is they the the, the Oilers organization believe that Stuart Skinner is their guy. Until because they can't get a goalie anywhere but else. But they just believe that because they have to, because we can't do anything. We else. have no choice. Exactly. That's literally the problem. And that's that is not the that's not how proper business and analytics work. Okay. That's not how business works, friends. Yeah, that's literally not like that's <laughs> it's gambling. That's what you're doing. You're gam <laughs> you're putting in or the old saying, put your all your eggs in one basket. And yep. even though you know it's probably like a basket that has holes in it and probably like you're leaving it out. You're for like, but it's a basket, and you're like, yeah. oh, I don't really know if that's really the answer. Uh -huh. Yeah. So Chris Noblotch is coming in. Yes. Yes, and Chris Noblotch from, from HL Hartford Wolfpack. Yeah. So first question everyone goes is, okay, well, why is this guy from Hartford who is the Rangers farm team? Like, how is he getting a call? What's going on with that? Oh, oh, let's let's evaluate. Let's what go just a little bit into his history. A little deeper. 
oh, did he coach Connor McDavid in the OHL with the Erie Otters? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he did. So hmm. once again, we have to go find a coach that Connie has played for and like obviously had some success had success so now what to to what degree now do we think that connor mcdavid pulled the strings to get yeah is running the show yeah or or the the reverse of that the inverse of that is what are the things they are doing to try and grease the connor mcdavid wheel so come the end of his contract it is not a quick jumping ship. Yeah, but the way the Oilers are going, we still have a couple of years on Connor's contract and this <laughs> coach be will asking. be gone in a year and a half anyway. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> we know the average. So he's got about nine months. Um, so, yeah. Uh, is this like a another version of the Jeff Jackson? Let's insulate our dream player with all of the things he knows to keep him comfortable here. Um because we just had one of the winningest coaches in the past, like, like Jay Wilkoff had a, had great stats. So 0.627, I think, or 0.62 yeah. something, but it, that is by far the winningest Oilers coach we've had. In many, uh, many, in many years. Long, lo- like yeah. literally since the 90s. So, yes. Um, I mean, and, and also, if you look at the 2000s, that's not saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, that no. is true. For sure. Yeah. But like yeah. a, a winning coach, his, yeah. his only full season last year, he went 50, 23 and nine, like yeah, which great is stats. Yeah. It's insane stats. So we just dropped a coach that we know has phenomenal is a phenomenal pedigree. coach. Yeah. Phenomenal yeah. pedigree from all intents and purposes, a phenomenal coach. We know, somebody... that we know the guys love him. We, yes. we do know. Yeah. We know that. We know mm-hmm. we know that fans love him because it is clear. Which is irrelevant in this conversation, but you're absolutely totally. right. Yeah. Totally. But like, you know, you want to keep your fans in your seats. You don't yeah. want people having a bad, you know, you're still a business and your business yep. is selling yourself to people. So you you have this person who you know is doing is is for on paper and in what seems to be the case doing as best he can with what mm-hmm. he was handicapped or given. And um and here we're bringing in somebody who None of us know a ton about, but Connor does. But Connie does. Connie does. Yeah, it seems like a it's like a new version of the old boys, the old boys club. It's just the Connor boys club. Yeah. Well, no, we're keeping the boys club the same because yes. to your point, it still doesn't change because <laughs> yeah. joining him behind the vent will be yes. Sir Paul Coffey. <laughs> and uh never coached before, ladies and gentlemen. We love Paul Coffey. Coached. We have we love Paul Coffey, but he has never coached an NHL game for defense ever before. He's never coached. And here we are. And, here we and are. if you if you watch any of the presser from today, which was, again, hidden behind a paywall on Oilers Plus, which is just, I love you, Edmonton Oilers, but that is such a, that's a disgraceful thing, man. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that just felt very wretched to me. And now, obviously, it went up on the internet pretty quickly. Yeah. And Paul Coffey, without, like, with his little words as he had said he didn't want the position i did not see that he did yeah, he did he he has sort of effectively said like i had told jeff jackson a couple days ago that i was comfortable where i was i didn't want to think about coaching and then last night it was like a surprise to my wife like so without like saying i don't want to be here he was officially saying like yeah no i was good I didn't need this job. I didn't really want like, I'm sure he's like excited for the challenge. And I'm sure all of that exists in like 
I'm sure it's still inside of him. Like every athlete, and we know this from you, we know this from other athletes, like there's yes. always that drive for ambition. Even when you're retired, there it, you can't, like that's what that's what fuels sports people. That's what fuels a lot of people in life is like, I want to keep doing what, what else can I do? What else can I accomplish in, in, in this world? And so I'm sure Paul Coffey has lots of ambition in this position and is really interesting, but like basically said two days ago, he had said, no. I didn't realize that part. Okay. So once again, like you said, it was behind a paywall and I did not watch it yet. And I just wait for things to show up on my feed, but I, uh, you know, after Sundays, it's kind of like the thing I'll probably see later. I yeah. didn't realize that. So in my mind, when you right where we go, okay, old, old boys club. Okay, so it's like we thought that we were kind of just going outside the box here. We're going down. We're going to Hartford. We're going for someone who won a championship in the WHL in 2010 and 11 um, with Kootenai Ice, which is a franchise that no longer exists. Um, well, actually, it does exist. It's just moved twice since then. Um, has like a winning pedigree, most importantly, He's coached the best player in the world. Yes, he knows no how same. to communicate to Connor. He already has that existing relationship. Yeah. So this is okay. Like everyone can kind of justify it and be like, all right, let's see what he's got. Um, because mm-hmm. what what's happening right now isn't working. But again, we can't get away from this old boys club because it's like, okay, once again, this championship winning team comes in. Now, it's not like Paul Coffey hasn't been around. Like he has been on player development side. He has been yep. working with the team for for eons now. Yes. Um, he's always kind of had a role in the background consulting, whatever Loves that is. Loves the team. Very Loves much Loves the so. team. Very that. involved. Uh, very thing. But you're right. He has never coached before. Um, and doesn't want to coach apparently which is news to me <laughs> and like, i'm just like flabbergasted right now not be coaching and has sort of been thrust like greatness has been thrust upon him again to yeah. be behind the bench yes it, it it definitely felt like this was not something that was on his radar until a few 48 hours ago or oh, 50 God. hours ago, maybe 72 hours ago maybe a week ago but it didn't yeah from the way he spoke and i am mm-hmm. It wasn't like I'm changing his words. His yeah. words were, I had said last week that I was comfortable in the position I was in. Mm. Okay. okay. So that makes me go, you didn't want the change. You're just yeah. having to step into the situation because it feels like we don't have any other option. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> I am not leaving this conversation feeling more confident then because the, like, the defense is really where we need the the greatest discipline, the greatest structure, um, yeah. because these guys don't know how to play a zone. It's unbelievable. They're lost puppies back there. And like to put in a now rookie coach, that kind of gives me the 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 worry, um, <laughs> the feelings, the hinky. <laughs> but mind you, it can't it? get much know. worse. So, well, yeah, you know, we just might have like our Evan Bouchard scoring seven, you know, four goals and and letting in seven. He might be like minus 15 on the ice from where I we're mean, headed. I don't know. Which, again, doesn't get much worse from where we are right now. True. I would love to see Picard get in the net, though. I would love <laughs> to. Let's see it. Let's give him a game. Let's see how he does again. The big lights and the big arenas in front of all the people. Um, I also think there's something about when you put a rookie goaltender in net, people tend to play harder in front of them, try and, you know, block more shots, try to make sure that they are hustling back check on, on the back check. Sorry. Um, so let's kind of unite the team, give them a new structure. I hope that they figure out whatever they're going to do because what they've been doing is not worse. And I swear to God, if I see one more odd round rush (laughs) on the consistent, like every, it's like every five minutes. I'm yeah, just like not bad. watching anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't 
really have a lot of high hopes other than like you said it is like let's just hope that usual when you hire a new coach and there is that kind of 10 yeah. game swing we'll call it so maybe if the Oilers are there what no 10 two and or th- sorry three we got three wins three three, three wins friends three and nine is that mm-hmm. three and nine um yeah. if we could turn that into you know 500 <laughs> Yeah. Can you imagine if we could get to 500 in the next 10 games? Um, <laughs> We're playing tough teams too. I know, this next, this next chunk is like, a, uh, I know it's going to be the real light of day. I think we're going to see. Okay. Well, I'm going to pull it up what we're doing in the background, but what's your bold predictions for the next 10 games then? Oh gosh. Um, you know, I think we're going to, my hope, I think my predictions versus my hopes are very different. <laughs> it's like the, oh, as the always. pessimist yes. in me, the pessimist in me is like, uh, like I'm, I'm so actually angered and fired up about Jay Woodcroft being let go and Dave Manson being let go. Yep. Um, that like I just want Jay Woodcroft to go and win a Stanley Cup with a team somewhere soon. And like I think he could. Great. I think guy, he'll get. He'll be coach. the the next coach that gets fired. Woodcroft will have the job. I don't yeah. like. He. I'm not yeah. worried about his career whatsoever. Yeah, I, I think the next coach to go, Woodcroft, will be first in line for that job. Totally, I agree. But I, I think if I'm having hope for my team or what the next little chunk. I think that they are going to play better on the road than they mm-hmm. will at home. Now their game is at home tomorrow and maybe two games at home before they take off out East. Yeah. Yep. We got, I we think... got home Monday night against the Islanders. Islanders. Uh, We're also we struggling. Get, yeah. And then we get the Kraken again. So it's back okay. to Seattle's at home on Wednesday. So there's two quick opportunities. We'll call them to get to some make points. Yep. And then tough time on the road. Cause they got to go to Florida yeah. and they got to play the lightning Panthers, hurricanes and capitals. Yeah, so that's going to be a fun, real eye-opening experience. You know what? I think that they're going to play. I think they'll play okay at home. Maybe they'll split. And then they are going to have to figure something else on, figure it out on the road. And it is going to be a real eye-opener if this season is completely done. Mm -hmm. If we're like, we are, are we're tanking for first, you know, Mm -hmm. for for draft picks. Or if we are, um, if, if there is a, a hope in hell that copper bust is not just completely bust. Um, you, we can't even, you know what, Reese, I think we started with Cup or Bust because the Oilers put it on our head at the post-game presser at the end of last year. Yeah. And I can't even think Cup or Bust because we are so beyond busted already that at this point, it's like, find a way to sneak into playoffs and yeah. pray. That's and all pray. we need to and do. And make, yeah, you just, just have to get to the, you just have to get to the show. Yep. Sneak in. I don't I care if it's wild card. I don't care. Yeah. Find a way to play a postseason game. And, and they always say the American it. Thanksgiving is is kind of like a big check of like where you have yes. to be. So American yeah. Thanksgiving will be at the end of this road trip where we got to play um, the Panthers, the Hurricanes, the Lightning, um, and then that Friday, November mm-hmm. 24th, the Capitals. And then they get to come home uh, on American, like that American Thanksgiving weekend-ish weekend? yeah. and, and play the Ducks. So, and then you got to go play the golden Knights and like the other juggernauts that are out there. So um, if, if they can find a way to go on a little bit of a a win streak here and finish at, you know, even if they can win 75% of their games, then Mm -hmm. we can look at that. But if we, if we get through this and we, we are still like winning 25% of the games, if less, which right now is less. Yes. Like I think by Christmas, you have to blow up the team. You do. Yeah, you do. 
Yeah. It's it's insanity to think like that because it's only November. <laughs> like, we're, we're like five weeks yeah, into this yeah, experiment. And it's November 12th. But I think it's like at that point, like what do you, mm-hmm. you just kind of blow shit up and, and, and start again. I mean, everybody's calling. I know like all of my friends who are not Oilers fans and they cheer for whatever team that they cheer for are like, trade McDavid, trade McDavid. And I'm like, McDavid would not be the piece we would trade, but unfortunately no. yours and mine favorite um, number 29 would probably go yes. for a very hefty price yeah, point. He would. Yeah. Yep. And that makes me sad because I, I don't think there's like a harder worker at some, sometimes on that yeah. team. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I think I agree with you. I think that, you know, they always say Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. And that is, but well, I read somewhere and I could be totally wrong that as of last night, they were only eight points out of a playoff spot. That's four wins. Four wins. When you put in a row. it like that, I mean, and like it doesn't help that the. I mean, it, I, that could be wrong. It, it, I don't no, know because I Seattle, that. Seattle is struggling, right? Like Seattle started off a little hotter, and they've had a lot of injuries. And like yeah. again, we we literally are three nine and one right now. So like, yeah. Yeah, our goal differential is minus uh, sixteen, whereas the Sharks are minus forty six. So. Um, okay. and the Calgary Flames <laughs> have four wins and they're at minus 15. Um, and, and so like, yeah, they're, uh, so we just, need, we just need a few, we need to string a few together yeah. and see if we can make something of this year. It's and then if not, points. like you said, by Definitely. the end of this month, by December, yeah. it's time to blow it up. Yeah. So they're, they're set. The Oilers only have, uh, seven points as we know. Um, but you're right. No. Cause the docks being in that first wild card spot have 14. So when you put it that way, you just got to go on a run. You, you just got to go and run. Every point matters. And it sucks that it's November and every game matters. You can't afford Already? another you single cannot game afford. off. No, you can't. Um, but there's still, you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying, you're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. Yeah, there is. So I think, you know, I, I, I wish our new coach a lot of luck. I think he's inheriting a bit of a dumpster fire um and i hope that he knows that he has no job security whatsoever um uh i also like (laughs) this is a terrible joke but what are we going to call him as his nickname because we had tip and woody Mm -hmm. and now Mm -hmm. knob Like, name it, like actually like knobby like what else are you gonna knobby? call him so we have just a whole bunch of phallic references for but also our... hockey references at the same time but totally like, tip woody and knob are all hockey references are all hockey references but also <laughs> very inappropriate here, and gentlemen and... what the heck are we call? i know i can't call him knob after that whole list um anyway no, we do we have <laughs> no to do. we do we, we gotta post that on social media yes. vote your favorite <laughs> vote your favorite tip with your knob yeah um, i wish him i wish him nothing but the best i hope that maybe maybe it, it's actually a mental thing and maybe i don't know what's in the room and maybe it was woody not being able to connect with connor in a new way and maybe it's not injury and maybe it actually is something but you know between the ears for mm-hmm. connor right now and maybe just that familiar face or that familiar communication style or whatever it is will be the thing to unlock the greatness that is Connor McDavid and then hopefully following that up with his symbiotic life partner his his heterosexual love Leon Dreisaitl mm-hmm. um that maybe they maybe they're able to figure it out together with with the new voice behind the bench okay. i um i i don't have high hopes given the amount of coaches we go through but that is my hope for the next few days and it'll be really interesting to see what happens tomorrow night well 
Uh, I'm sure you and I will be DMing each other. Uh, yes, we will. What happens tomorrow night. And yep. uh, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Mother Pucker podcast. And we will see you next week with next week. Uh, continuing with uh, <laughs> Nobby and seeing how he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> with Nob. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Bye. The Mother Pucker Podcast is a proud member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. For more information on this or any of our other podcasts, please visit OrdinaryPodcast.com. The Ordinary Podcasting Network would like to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include the traditional territory of the Treaty 7 people in southern Alberta and the Métis Nation of Alberta as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations.